Welcome to the Allied Advantage, brought to you by Allied Nutrition. Our mission is to provide quality products, consistently made and delivered with the superior customer service and integrity that you desire and deserve. Tag along with your hosts, Ralston Rip and Jefferson Keller, as we gain knowledge, visit with industry experts from across the Midwest, and continue to share your stories. We are here to be your partner in production and success. The Allied Advantage. Welcome back to the Allied Advantage. This is episode 11, Proform Edition number four, and the first Proform Edition of 2024. That's still wild to say, but Jefferson, how are you? How's your new year been so far? Busy. Uh, It's been crazy since the first of the year. I've spent most of it so far outside of the state of Nebraska. Yeah. So kind of getting my bearings back underneath me and trying to get caught up dug out from getting buried in snow and feels like a heat wave out there today comparatively (laughs) to the last few and i think we haven't even cracked 20 yet yeah it's double digits i think it was 10 degrees on our way here this morning and it's like up to 15 now maybe yeah like i said feels beautiful compared to the negative teens and wind chill into the negative 30 that we've had yeah so you said you've been out of the state of nebraska so i guess what does that mean where have you been what have you been up to As we've talked about on our Mm -hmm. uh, podcast here before, we had Jen on uh, two episodes ago. Mm -hmm. Our team has been a part of the National Western Stock Show as the official feed partner. So uh, you and I both, along Mm -hmm. with a couple other of our team members, headed out, ventured west on the second, uh, right there after the first of the year, to get situated, get set up, and then work the feed office. And then I also kind of played a little double duty and we had some cattle out there on the hills, so I was out there with a week with them for a week and checking on the feed store and whatnot and got back here on the 14th. Mm-hmm. So getting ready to turn back around and, and head back out to finish out the National Western in the feed office for the last three days of the event. Yeah, no, that's exciting. It seems like the second was a long time ago. Yeah. Like, and I think it was just two weeks ago, so it really wasn't that long ago, but... Let's just maybe recap a little bit of our time out there or how it's been. You know, I know back home here, we talk about the weather and we we certainly had some nice days out in Denver that we really got to get out and talk to producers and um, mingle with the commercial cattlemen along there at that first weekend with the commercial heifer weekend. We kind of headline sponsor and I know um, Dr. Jeffrey Fulmer got to sit in on a panel and really kind of share his perspective of what's happening in the beef industry and let's maybe just walk through what our interaction has been like out at the national western that first weekend we got there you know got our products out kind of just got the news around that we had feet on the grounds um they haven't had a huge selection in years past so we kind of got to open up the doors to having more feed available there for exhibitors to purchase as well as that commercial heifer weekend and I guess Jefferson what did you think of that first weekend I know that's a new event for them they did the stockmen in the stockyards judging contest within those commercial heifer pins um, a couple educational panels what's something you really took away from that weekend I thought it was really neat I'm mm-hmm. still waiting for the call saying I won the stockman yeah. sort um, <laughs> in my where my voucher is there. But, uh, no, I thought it was really cool. Uh, both panels I thought were really neat. Um, that first one in particular, I thought there was really good questions. 
um, decent crowd of people from kind of all over. I mean, I know that there was questions from Kansas, Nebraska, all the way out to Oregon with some really big topics Mm -hmm. that probably don't get talked about enough. And I don't know that anybody has the perfect answer to, right? I I posed a question to the panel that they didn't really seem sure on how to answer. And I think that's, that's one of the things, you know, in my opinion, that everybody's kind of, they know it's a problem. It's something that they don't want to talk about because they don't know how to fix it. But before long, we've got to come up, come up with some kind of solution to the issue of getting young people back to farms and ranches, Mm -hmm. right? So I I thought that that was a really neat panel with Dr. Fulmer on there. Cool to be a part of. I I thought that that whole weekend was really neat just to see the stock show's dedication to the commercial side of the industry, right? It's a stock show that is in the name, right? That is why a lot of people go there. But getting back to the roots of the industry, what drives the cattle business, is really neat to see them putting some emphasis and focus on that. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I know when the National Western came to us talking about this event, it was something we hopped on right away because we really believe in in the commercial cattleman industry is what really drives the focus of our business too in serving, you know, cow-calf feedlot producers, backgrounders, the people that really are making a difference in feeding the beef industry and our growing population. And I know that you and I both had a lot of fun on that panel asking the challenging question of, you know, what, how can we make it possible to get young people back? And we visited a little bit even about having, you know, a podcast centered around that or since we're both so eager to get back to it, kind of providing some more resources or insight because I think we definitely stumped that panel with those questions. Maybe not what we wanted to hear, but definitely, you know, just the truth and it's a challenge of getting young people back or making it affordable to get young people back, I think is a, a big challenge at that. And I think that's the big thing. And it was funny when we asked the questions because uh-huh. none of them wanted to jump in with an answer. No. Right? Trent no. kind of had to, to pull some strings and get them to, to jump on. But that's, that's the big thing to me is we always talk about the increasing average uh-huh. age yep. of the American farmer and rancher. What are we doing to fix that or or to drop that right i mean you and i both raise cattle we have come from different backgrounds in that right i would consider myself kind of a first generation because my parents didn't actively raise my grandparents did took a break and now we're getting back into it that i'm I'm constantly looking to expand and grow it's really tough right (laughs) money's expensive yeah land is crazy expensive and then you get on talking to these realtors the investors yeah. that have no yeah. no tie to production ag come in and swiping this ground up. What is, is there an answer? Is there something that you can tell young adults oh. to get them excited and interested instead of discouraged with the thought of trying to come back, whether it's to their own family operation mm-hmm. or starting from scratch if they don't have something to come back to? I think it was pretty cool because earlier in that panel too, a gentleman had kind of asked and he was upset with you know, prices in the beef industry have been at an all-time high over the last, you know, six months to a year, and they're projected to be pretty good going into this next year, too. And he had said, you know, like, even bread heifers aren't where they need to be, or heifers aren't where they they should be or where they're projected. 
And he's like, why is the demand not there? Are the people not coming back? Or how do we, you know, people don't want to work. He made the comment. And I could tell that you and I were both kind of sitting in our seats like that. That's not right. Like we'd give anything to go back to an operation that was established and was eager to get that next generation started. And it's definitely, we had this conversation before we got started, you know, the communication part of it all plays a factor of, you know, if you're an older farmer that doesn't have anyone to pass, pass land off to, or um, you're putting it up for auction and you want it to all stay together, I can't afford $5 million worth of a thousand acres. You know, the only people that can afford that is the investors coming in to have it as their tax write-off and then leasing it for still a payment that's hard to make, but it's more doable than buying it yourself. And the philosophy of just throwing away money, well, you're not throwing it away, but writing that check of rent or lease, it's just going away. You're not building an asset. And um, I, I've had this conversation in my stage of life of trying to grow and get that next thing. And it's, I don't, I don't know what the right answer is either. And it sounds like a lot of other people don't either, but um, that could definitely take us down a rabbit hole. Sometimes. Oh, for sure. Like <laughs> we said, get pretty excited about it. Just something that, like I said, I believe that majority of people in the industry know that there, it's an issue. Yeah but are afraid to talk about it. Yep. So how those conversations start, I don't know. But yeah. I think at some point they're going to have to. Uh, you know, we talked about the only people that can afford. I mean, if you go on and look at properties for sale mm-hmm. in Nebraska right now, their majority of them are very large, mm-hmm. right? Thousands yep. of acres. So investors typically are the only ones that can afford that or people that have established yeah. outfits that yep. have collateral to be able to put up against it, yep. right? Yeah. It is incredibly unfeasible for somebody in either of our positions to look at a $27 million property mm-hmm. because when you have the ground expense, yeah, that doesn't come with the equipment or the cattle that you're going to run, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. So, Or how you're going to make that payment then. Right, <laughs> yeah. right. Yeah, I thought that that panel was awesome. I thought that there were some good questions. You brought up the guy kind of complaining about bread heifers not yeah. being worth enough and you know, on the panel, they talked a little bit about typically when prices are high, it's mm-hmm. not when people are expanding. Mm-hmm. That same gentleman, I believe it was, kind of called them out on that because he said, if I look at a lot of people that have been mm-hmm. successful in this business and can make it work and be profitable, they're the ones that are expanding right now, yeah. right? Because they know that in 12 months, what that calf's going to be worth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right, which is an interesting way to think about it because I would say, in general, when prices are high, people sell. It's yeah. not when you hold on to stuff or go out and buy. Yeah, it's the opposite. But he posed the question to the panel and think made them think a little differently yeah. about some of their comments they had made. Oh, yeah, no, for sure. Um, I think the you know, they talk about our nation's cow herd has been on the decrease and not not working to rebuild and um. A producer had challenged him with saying you know I know a lot of guys that are going and buying these nice heifers selling at sale barns and they're breeding them for a year and selling them as breads or you know calving out their first calf and then breeding them again as three-year-olds and sending them back out there and um, trying to add value that way and trying to grow and um, that definitely challenged the panel to think of what was actually happening out in the country rather than you know just looking at the big picture, but looking at the details of geographically, depending where you're at, it could be different too. But yeah, really great panel, really good way to start off the National Western with um, really educating on the commercial side of the beef industry and 
um, I was really excited that we were a part of it because that's definitely where we can add value to not only producers, but also um, consumers or out people looking out there to market their cow herds or to, you know, buy bulls for this year's breeding season. And um, I kudos to the National Western for kind of starting that and hoping to continue to watching that grow. But after kind of that weekend, you know, we are excited to, to be in those feed stores to visit with growers from all across the U.S. Um, and Canada. Even there's quite a few producers from Canada there about our feeds, about why we were there, where we are from, um, and helping them to try to ch- achieve their goals. And I know while we were out there, Jefferson, we had a couple customers that had had some success. And Absolutely. You know, this is this was our first venture into mm-hmm. this partnership. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of excitement from some people in mm-hmm. our area about yeah. that, right? You know, one outfit had reached out to me mm-hmm. about getting on one of the products we were going to have out there. They're mm-hmm. taking a carload of bulls that's going to take a lot of feed, figuring <laughs> out how to save trailer space and get something that they won't have to transition mm-hmm. after they haul them for six and a half hours, right? Got it lined up. They could get started on, on that feed. We had it ready for them when they got there. Mm-hmm. They were incredibly pleased with how that worked. Uh, they ended up having champion Hereford carload of bulls, yeah. right? Uh, talked to Reed after there, after the show there, and he said that that was the greatest thing that they'd ever that they'd done, yeah. right? In their preparation, that that worked out so slick. Um, he was telling me about all the people he'd told me or had, <laughs> he had told that that's what they did. And he said yeah, it's the easiest thing. You just go get some from them and. They'll have it ready for you when you get here, and, yep. and that worked out really well. And we had some customers with some success up on the hill, too. Yeah. That's where I spent majority of my time was mm-hmm. up there. But it's fun to see see our customers having success on that biggest stage, for yeah. sure. Yeah. No, it was pretty exciting and fun to to share the word, too, and to, to kind of get to get our team out there and just the services that we can provide along whether it is you know the animals you're showing or just back home to how can we how can we help your your herds be successful there and we also oh go for it well i was just gonna say i think one of the big things too i mean if anybody showed livestock very much Mm -hmm. especially if you're hauling them very far things can happen right like they could have eaten the same feed their entire life and then you haul them eight hours and they're like no not feeling it yeah right so even being able to help people that aren't in our footprint that we are not going to interact with Mm -hmm. regularly find solutions when they're having a problem when they get there right um we sold a fair bit of our cob product to people that for whatever reason they'd get got to town and their heifers decided nope that that doesn't work for us today Mm -hmm. right so figuring out what's going to be the best bet to get them back on some kind of feed filled back up was fun and i think a lot of those conversations is where we find value right being able to talk about our products being able to help people find problem or solutions to their problems yeah no exactly and um i think that's what our team loves you know we talk about we're not just out here selling products but we're building relationships and we really want to be your partner no matter what aspect of the production industry livestock industry that you're in and um, it was fun. I, I heard, I was, I was down in the yards and up in the hill kind of later in the week. And I had heard some feedback from a family that our team had helped them out. They just bought a heifer. They were picking her up at the national Western and showing her 
and she she was hungry all the time and they couldn't figure out what they should feed her to you know get her content and get her full and her best and they started feeding our cob and then they um, gave her some ignite as well and she just loved it she couldn't have ever been happier she looked her best and she was ready to go in that ring um, with her new showman so it's always fun to hear those stories and just um, it's even it gives me more gratitude you know when they make a point to come back to you and say hey thank you yeah they um, hunted me down in the yeah. barn our stalls <laughs> yeah. and we visited for 10-15 minutes yeah. and they are just tickled to death yep. wanting to know how they can get it and yep. luckily they are close enough to yeah. our footprint that we're going to be able to figure something out there for them um but yeah those those are the big wins yeah right it's just those are the things that you don't necessarily think about that at the end of the day are what really matter yeah right finding mm-hmm. finding solutions for people and giving them the best chance of success that they've got yeah no for sure so kind of working through our denver experience too we also had a booth down in herdsire alley and that booth was kind of during when the cold front was coming in and those extreme temperatures and um we were lucky we had a heater in our tent that kept it pretty toasty and manageable to be in but um i know that we had a lot of good conversations down there as well with not only the herdsire exhibitors but um just general producers from across the nation anywhere from new mexico to indiana um kansas missouri wyoming some nebraska folks was fun they came and found us they're part of our show team even some juniors that wanted to come check in and um, i found a lot of value there and just sharing what allied nutrition is and what our goals are and how we can work with work with our partners too right and that's one thing you know the weather i think certainly impacted what that weekend can be right mm-hmm. if you've been to the national western on that herd sire weekend it is a zoo it's a blast yep. i mean most of the time those alleys you're fighting through yeah. to get to be able to get past anything. people um so you know when it's negative 12 real temp in the morning and negative 25 to 30 wind chill it makes people not yeah. so excited to spend all day outside but we still had good traffic. You know, yeah. I wasn't down there a ton because we were still up showing on the hill. But while I was, we had some great conversations with people. Um, that's what that weekend is really about. What we were excited about was be able to spend time out there in front of people and just be able to share our story, right? Yeah. Just like we're doing right now. Yeah. Um, talk about our products. Talk about, you know, even learning what people are doing in other mm-hmm. parts of, yeah. of the world, yeah. right? Because uh, if you're from the southeast, you're probably feeding something that's a fair bit different than what we're feeding here in central Nebraska. Or if you're from the Northwest or the Southwest, right? Everybody does things a little differently. Mm-hmm. So it's a great opportunity for our team to pick up things that maybe we hadn't thought about because it's not something that is readily available or, or common here, mm-hmm. but that we can take and, and put a spin on and, and yeah. figure out how to make that work around here as well. Yeah, no, and um, I know even I, like, I just learned a lot getting to visit with producers across the nation, or um, we were even up on the hill, and it was a, it was a swine um, exhibitor, and they were asking if we had any, like, fermented, fermented barley, and um, it was a very sweet family, and they were definitely from the south, and had some, like, a thick southern accent, so it was fun just to get to visit with them about um, their preference of that fermented barley for their hogs and um, just even transitioning those livestock that come from across the nation to those colder temperatures or making sure they stay on feed or how they can you know feed them enough to help them really utilize um, 
their body heat and just surviving those different temperatures. And that was a fun venue. I really enjoyed that and fond memories of, you know, walking through that Herdsire Alley with my mom and sister and my grandpa and um, sending them pictures of what it looks like now and excited for the growth of that weekend and um, just of that historic kind of that historic Denver landmark of the Herdsire Alley is pretty cool to be a part of pretty monumental absolutely i think that was maybe my big takeaway of the whole thing so mm-hmm. far is it's just nice to see the barns back full yeah right i mean we had cattle out there last year and it was better than the year before mm-hmm. post covid but uh i mean that barn on the hill it was full it was tight and mm-hmm. uh seeing the yards full yeah. is exciting right yeah. there is nowhere to me that rivals the national western i mean it's got a I've got a soft spot for it. Mm -hmm. It's one of my favorite places, one of my favorite shows. So seeing it coming back to what it was, and I think as they continue to to build and get this new facility done, it's only going to go up from there, right? Uh, That building is not anywhere close to finished right now, Mm -hmm. but just seeing how big it is uh, is kind of nuts. I mean, it is going to be a very impressive facility, and I'm excited for what that's going to do for the team out there and, hopefully getting getting national western back to what it was or even bigger and better than ever before yeah one thing too that um you know the time of covid kind of changed or made you think about is the general public's attendance at livestock shows and events and i know you hear some livestock exhibitors get nervous about just the general public being there because you know not all heifers or bulls or breads are used to little kids running around and wanting to pet them all the time and um what is so neat to me though is that's why we we exhibit livestock at shows is to not only educate fellow livestock producers but also just the public about what we're doing back home why we do what we do and those barns on the hill every time i walked through them i think you were shoulder to shoulder with just people looking and wanting to learn and observing and wanting to to know more about it and um, that's something that's pretty special that Denver definitely grew, I think, was the common thing this year. You know, some record numbers of attendance since COVID. And I also had the uh, the opportunity for the first time ever to attend their parade, their kickoff parade, with the famous Longhorns down downtown Denver. And that was crazy to see and just to experience the excitement of the Denver community and people that I travel from afar to just see that parade or come to the stock show and learn about 4-H and FFA and you know draft horses and rodeo and I think in that parade they had everything from longhorns to horses to to draft horses to they even had a steer walking um, a 4-H'er that had walked a calf down the whole parade they had a rabbit they had chickens they had a goat um, they haven't had a sheep, I think. So just the, the point of importance it is to continue to educate not only fellow producers, but just the general public. Denver Denver's definitely doing a good job at that. That's a great point. And you talked about the, the hill barns being packed with people, <laughs> yeah. right? We were right on the main aisle yeah. and had a very loud marked mm-hmm. one in our stalls. So mm-hmm. We got a lot of questions. Yeah. We also had a heifer that's not a fan of small children. So I had to tell some people, <laughs> yeah. she's probably not the one to pet. Um, just mm-hmm. wanting to make sure everybody's safe. Um, but, yeah, we'd get stopped. A lot of questions, you know, they didn't know they could look like that. Yeah. What breed is that? What are they used for? So um, 
I think as exhibitors at times that can get frustrating Mm -hmm. when you're like in the heart of it trying to get stuff ready to go to the ring but it's still very important to take the time because that is those people's only exposure to what we do Mm -hmm. yeah right so we need to take that opportunity to tell our story why we do we do what these cattle are being used for in the big picture other than just a dress-up contest and parading them around a show ring right um and it's neat like i said we had a lot of traffic uh right there where we were which is it's good you know i would say all the people that were there in our team did a great job of answering questions and you know keith loves to chit chat Uh, i think christy was like the shorthorn spokesperson of the stock show because everybody wanted to take a picture with with that big bread Mm -hmm. they never seen one look like that um so no it's good and that is i think another thing that the national western does a really good job of is trying to continue the education Mm -hmm. um for the general public it was really fun. We were, I was walking her, it was one of the first few days and the Galvay breed was there and I saw a family from back home and there was a little boy that I think it's his first or second year showing, but he just loved it because he would be combing on his heifer and I mean, he's a little kid and this big old tame Galvay heifer he'd be combing on and people would be taking pictures and wanting to come help him and he just ate it up. He thought it was the coolest thing, you know, that, um, someone wanted to ask him questions about his project and that just warmed my heart because it takes it shows him the importance of sharing his project and what he can share with with the public really makes a difference and he was just smiling from ear to ear I think that might have made my whole week but yeah it was all in all I think a really successful week in partnership of just getting to share what allied nutrition is all about and in getting support to support our partners in production and in that show ring and on that on that large of a stage as well absolutely it's not done yet it's not you're right yes you head head back out yeah, there <laughs> finish up this sunday they've got uh i think market steer shows today mm-hmm. uh, and then prospects move in in prospect show rounds out the weekend here yeah. at the end of the week and i think in the yards they've got bison and longhorns yeah uh, and stock dogs yeah highlands will be there so still a lot to happen out there mm-hmm. be a little different crowd than what's mm-hmm. been but that's that's all right it's going to be kind of focused on juniors and their yeah. new sets of calves mm-hmm. yeah it's been a great i don't even know how many days so far but so uh 16 in total there's Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Four left, I think. Four or five days yep. left. Yeah. But uh, looking forward to finishing out the 2024 National Western Stock Show strong. So I guess with that, Jefferson, too, as we kind of wrap up the stock show here, what else do we have? Um, we kind of have a busy winter months because we have a lot of other events coming up also. Um, we have we? a busy all year. <laughs> all the every time. Year, right? I think we say that every episode. <laughs> every episode it's like oh what's going on well we've been doing this traveling here involved in this um but that's what we're all about right being community focused being engaged serving our customers it just keep keeps us moving keeps the pavement hot i feel like yes it does but no we uh when we get wrapped up here with the national western we go right into prep for ncc the classic Mm -hmm. uh which we've got the on the road meetings starting next week yeah uh and into the following week there's three of those, I believe, McCook, Ashland, and Byron. So uh, if you're near one of those, uh, even if you're not, you want to make the trip, 
be a lot of good information and good food. I'm excited about the couple of tours that they're going to do mm-hmm. this year as part of those. Uh, and then it's kind of full bore prep into our annual meeting coming yep. up there the first part of February and then right into the classic event there the, the third week of February. So definitely no time to take our foot off the gas and, no. and keep rolling. But uh, this is a fun time of year. Uh, it's a good time of year to be able to get out and, and network and visit with people as we get ready for spring and everybody's looking forward to the warm up and I think seeing some green grass and yeah. hopefully some rain. Yeah, a lot of exciting things happening for our team here over the next. And if you're listening and you're really interested in coming to these events, I'll give you some dates. So Monday, January 22nd, we'll be out in McCook, Nebraska for the NCC, one of the first on-the-road meetings. The Thursday, January 25th, we'll be in Ashland, Nebraska, um, actually at Vogler's Seaman Center. So we're, we're pretty excited about that one. Um, and then a good steak supper. And then Monday, January 29th, we'll be down in Byron, Nebraska. And I know Drew and some of our team members down in southeast Nebraska are excited to to have us gather down there. And then our annual meeting, February 7th in Grand Island, Nebraska. We would love to see our customers, any producers, come to that annual meeting, come stop by the Allied Nutrition booth. Um, we're really you know, focused on innovation and technology and what we can bring to the forefront of our industry there that first week of February. And then we roll into the classic NCC February 17th through, I believe, the 25th. So that'll kind of get us through the next month. And then we're off to March 1st and we're in the midst of cabin and hopefully going to see some 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 greener pastures at that hopefully i think we're going <laughs> to probably have some more moisture in our future if you if you believe in fog days uh march april could be a little brutal based on what we had here this winter for some heavy fog but uh yeah that's true uh, i'll take we can move snow yeah it will do us some good as it long will. as we can keep rid of the negative the 30 yeah you know, you can't move cold. You can move snow. Mm-hmm. You can put out bedding, but you cannot get rid of cold. Yeah, no, that's for sure. We had lots of good conversations at the the events we've been at about this podcast and sharing it with some new listeners. So, if this is your first time listening to the Allied Advantage, we thank you for being here and hope that you'll keep returning with us every second and fourth Thursday of the months. With that, we look forward to seeing you next time on the Allied Advantage Pro Form Edition and hope you all are staying warm. Thank you for joining us on the Allied Advantage, brought to you by Allied Nutrition. Tune in every second and fourth Thursday of the month and stay up to date with your partner in production and success. The Allied Advantage.